Revived Thoughts is a production of Revive Studios. This is Troy and Joel, and you are listening to Revive Thoughts. Today, we have another revived conversation coming your direction. Uh, this was going to be a Revived Thoughts sermon, but, you know, we kept looking at it a little bit more. So this is a, an, what do you call it, an article by by Richard yeah, this, Baxter? So this, from what I can tell, this seems, I originally thought, oh, this is a cool sermon, but it didn't take long to realize, I, when I say it didn't take long, it took a, half a second uh, of looking at it to realize this is a pamphlet, clearly a pa- was not oh, yeah, actually totally. a sermon. This was 100% a pamphlet back in the day. It, it, in today's era, it strikes more of like a listicle that you'd find online, but totally yeah. back in the day, this was a pamphlet. 18, no, 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 earlier than that, 1673 16. is when this was published yeah. here. We're going to talk about it. It's titled directions for amusement and recreation uh which is a just rolls <laughs> off the tongue very very clickbaity article headline there directions for amusement and recreation uh, You're right next to four ways you can you know save on your summer spending right. and then next to that was directions for amusement and recreation. uh troy you sound a bit different here could it be the sweet air of america that i'm hearing coming through <laughs> your your uh, inferior mic over there yeah, so we are currently in uh, the Tennessee office, which is to say we are in Tennessee and I'm in a room, and so it's the Tennessee office. And uh, we, we we told everyone we'd be, we're normally in Indonesia if you're a new listener, and my wife and I, Elise, who runs Mars and Missionaries. However, we are not in Indonesia currently. We are back for the summer doing support raising and stuff like that. And I wanted to say we put up an episode a couple weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it, you know, feel free to go do it, but it was on uh, behind the scenes of what missionaries go through that they normally don't tell you because they're trying to, you know, raise support from you and stuff. And Elise was very nervous to put that episode out. I was a little bit nervous too, uh, because it was a very personal episode. Normally we're telling you the lives of great people who lived. It's not, we love what we do, but it's not personal, but this was actually our thoughts and feelings. And uh, we have heard unbelievable amounts of feedback from you all. We have gotten so many emails messages instagram comments mm. uh, spotify comments which i didn't even know was a thing until we started getting them uh, all kinds of ways that you could reach out to us you guys have done so and encouraged us we've heard from several of you who have asked us to come and visit your churches and different things like that so it's been really really cool uh to see the different ways that this episode reached out to people and yeah. uh, a lot of people saying they didn't know what it was really like and that was um exactly what we were kind of hoping for so thank you so much for that yeah now we are in tennessee and our um a little bit of a furlough there for two months is it now yeah it's not not fully a furlough because furlough is usually a little longer but it's a little rest break before we go back out for another couple years yeah yeah so for again for those who don't know troy and his wife teach bible in indonesia there uh, and Troy is far too humble to to promote it, but I will promote him. If you do want to give towards uh, their missions teaching that they do out there, please write in revivethoughts at gmail.com, and um, Troy can follow up with the best ways you can donate towards their, their work they do there. Uh, Troy, we also have supporters of Revive Thoughts on the show. We have some new Patreons that we can shout out Yeah, here. we do. Uh, I'm not quite sure when the last one we called out, but I'm going to go back to April here. We got... Uh, Gene supporting us, uh, Deb and Delena all supporting us recently here. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of Revive Thoughts, helping make Revive Thoughts and Martyrs and Missionaries happen. 
Uh, these shows, again, could not exist without uh, supporters like you. And it's super encouraging us to see people uh, voting with their wallet that they like this content and want to see more, <laughs> more, well, want to see Revive Thoughts stay on the air. So we really appreciate that. We do appreciate it. It goes a long way. And we will say, if you wonder how Revive Thoughts stuff works, uh, Joel and I don't take money from this for, you know, going out to eat or anything like that. The money goes into buying equipment and making all this stuff it's work. Full, yeah. And then, we, don't, we don't get paid a penny out of uh, any of the income from Revive Thoughts. It fully goes no. into benefiting the show. Just, yeah. And then the other side of it, too, is uh, we if you listen to the ads, the ad revenue is not what the bulk of the support of the show comes from. Really, the bulk of the support of the show comes from those of you who are on Patreon. Um, and we are extremely grateful to those of you who say, hey, I'll send you guys a couple bucks a month to keep making these shows that edify the church. It's really, really cool that many of you have chosen to do that for us. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into this topic. I'm really excited about this topic, Joel. As Joel said, originally it was going to be a sermon and it's not a sermon, but it was too good to pass up. And I was telling Joel, I said, we got to do something with this one. And, and Joel, you seemed immediately on board with it. Uh, directions for amusement and recreation. But w- w- what Richard Baxter, who was living in the 1600s, 17th century, was really talking about is how do you use your free time? And I think this is a really interesting topic. And this is actually one of the first time I think I've ever seen. I can think of a D.L. Moody sermon that talked about this, too. But this is probably one of the first time in four years that we've ever had somebody just kind of tackle what ends up being, I think, a large part of many of our lives, which is what mm-hmm. do you do with that time when you're not working, you're not sleeping, you know, you're not eating, not at church, that giant gap in between of time that we all have, how are you supposed to use it? Yeah, and uh, we'll link it in the show notes below. So it's it's a real short read. It's literally, again, it kind of comes across as a as an article. There's It's kind of broken into three sections where he's asking questions. He's prompting the reader to think about their own lives and uh, how they use their free time in that. So uh, if you're in a safe place and you're curious about what these bullet points are, um, you can click through the link in the description to to pull up this article here. This is something that when Joel says yeah. safe place, I think he means on the road, not like this is a really risque article. You oh, get in trouble or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, don't do, don't click on it while you're driving is what I was trying to say. That's yeah. what Joel. I think was, I don't think it was like this. Is, watch out, this Richard Baxter article will get you in <laughs> trouble at work. I don't think so. <laughs> no, yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it needed clarification, but in case it did, we have our clarification now. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, when I first started reading through it, I don't know, you kind of roll your eyes at it a little bit and you go, oh boy, Richard Baxter, you are, you are pretty, pretty hardcore here, pretty, pretty, uh, conservative with your thinking here. But and they, I tell you, by the end of the article, I was like, you know, you know, he's got great points here. He's onto something. I really think so. Mm-hmm. It's also fascinating because it seems like, you know, this is almost 400 years old. And it seems like by the by the way it's written, it seems like going to the theater and playing sports or participating in, in watching sports was like brand new. Like it seems like that that is the thing. Like I, I imagine like society before this, I think of like, you know, people coming out of the medieval era, you know, and, and Renaissance is just just starting to flourish. And so people are coming from what used to be a very hard life where they're working in the fields all day just to stay alive and just to, to have a living to where now there is luxuries of what you can do with your free time. Like you can go to the theater and watch some shows. You can you can uh, go root for your favorite sports team that's playing. Uh, and he talks about it like it's this 
new emerging way to live. And and I found that aspect of it really fascinating because uh, that is what Netflix and watching sports is a part of most people's lives in, in today's day and age. And he's got some great challenges, I feel like, to be like, what are we doing with all of our free time? Is that the best use of our free time type of thing? Um, that I found, I don't know, I did find it pretty convicting, at least when he's talking about, and we'll, we'll jump into it a little bit here. We're not going to read through, you know, everything verbatim. Um, but he has one of those, let me see if I can find, I'm going to scroll down and actually see where he's talking about like budgeting your time well. Try to determine just how much and what sort of recreation is needful to you in particular in respect to bodily strengths, to your mind, to your type of work. Like he's going through all these lists to, to be like, you, like everyone needs to be able to relax. We get that. But like how much relaxation is too much relaxation? Like you got like budget your time out. Like you got to yeah. if you're if you're just any free time you have is you're indulging in the gratification of entertainment then which is what most of us do like if you think about our life when we get off work like all we want to do is be entertained we want to catch up on our shows uh you know uh yeah catch up on the sports games whatever it may be uh we fill our the time where we're not being forced to work with entertainment and he's saying like well we should budget our time a little bit better to where like imagine instead of going to the theater every night, you, uh, you know, budgeted some time to ministers to friends, you know, brought some gifts over to some friends or, or found ways yeah. to, to, to serve uh, the community around you and things like that. Like that'd probably be a better use of your time, isn't it? Um, in a way that, yeah, I, I did totally find convicting where like, you know, instead of, instead of watching three hours of content, just watch one hour of content and then think of a way you can serve with the other two or, or something like that. I, I completely agree. What was interesting to me is, you know, you mentioned it's 350 years ago, 350 years ago, and people have the same problem back yeah. then as they do today. They want to watch something. They want to go enjoy a show. Uh, they don't, you know, back then you'd get dressed and you'd go to the theater, but you're still watching a show, right? You're seeing the performances. And today, you know, you would maybe turn on your TV or you turn on your computer. It's easier, but it's the same. It's the same thing. And the same way he's at sports, you're getting over there and you're just you're recreating with your time sports too much or you're doing these different things. And what was interesting to me is just like how little we have changed. And when we had a D.L. Moody sermon, one of our very first sermons in our show, uh, D.L. Moody's sermon on temptation, he kind of talked about the same thing where he's like, there's the plays, there's the newspapers. And there's uh, recreation and sports. He's like, those are the three things that distract you from God the most. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny to me that even 200 years before Moody said it, we have Baxter saying almost the same exact thing. I think that we as humans are just programmed to want to mm -hmm. use our free time on these things that we enjoy. And it's really, I think it's really easy for us to look down on other people's recreational activities and go, you know, I'm not me personally, I don't get really excited watching sports. So it's really easy for me to look at somebody who, you know, watches sports all the time, and be like, what a waste of your time. But then I might be more interested in watching a good TV show or um, reading a book, maybe that's not worth my time, things of that nature. And then someone else would look at me and go, you know, why are you doing that when you could be doing that? It's so easy, I think, for each of us to kind of find that thing that someone else doesn't go, why, you know, I, I might look down on someone playing video games, and they might look down on someone who listens to too much music, they shouldn't, everyone's got this thing that they enjoy, that is easy to look down on others, but we have something that we're doing as well with our free time. That's not new, it's 400 years old, at least from what we're looking at with Richard Baxter. And yet we do have to ask the question, 
should we use that time, our free time, that time in between of our works to honor God? And I will say one of the things I think that I find interesting is, um, you know, in the Twitter world, when you're on social media and social media definitely would be one of the ones for me where if you're going to get me, I can justify my time on Twitter or other social medias by saying, well, I'm growing the podcast, I'm getting more followers, and these people check out our content, which is true. But that doesn't mean every time I pull up Twitter on my phone, that's what I'm doing. Sometimes I'm just on Twitter on my phone because I have a headache or something like that. And yeah, at the same time, um, whenever I poke a button, if I put up a meme attacking, uh, sending your kids to sports instead of church, or if I put up a meme that makes, you know, a comment on watching too many movies, or video games, I'll get more heat and I'll get more reactions and it'll give me more engagement and it will get way more interest on that than if I put up a meme attacking like a direct sin of the day. You know, if I were to Mm -hmm. attack um, abortion, no one's going to touch that because everyone either agrees or disagrees and there's really not that much thought. Most Christians are like, yeah, abortion's bad. So that means it's not going to get a lot of love. But boy, if I put up a meme that says like, hey, if you take your kids out of church every Sunday for sports, they're probably going to grow up to not follow God, which I did put that one up one time. Oh man, we got like a hundred comments and people were fighting all over it because that one hits closer to home. Our free time and our recreational activities, I think really do hit a lot of us in our personal identity where it's, you know, it's one thing for me to make a moral stance. I can stand for that or not, or agree or disagree or not. But it's something about when you go after people's personal you know, their personal idols, their personal free time, how they use them. That's where I find people tend to get most uh, invested and and honestly, a lot of ways they can get in their most angry. So looking at, I wanted to look at a few of these questions from this article. So if you do pull up the article, you can look it up. You're in a safe space to do that. (laughs) Let's look at these questions and just kind of talk about them a little bit. Um, and j- again, what, what which fascinated me about this was just how relevant they are today. Think of all the things that have changed since the 1600s. I mean, the, the you know, the Americas have been completely discovered and co- we have Internet, we have airplanes, we've had World War One or World War Two. Yet these questions feel like they could have been found in a pulpit today about how we spend our free time. First one, do you think that either Christ or his apostles used stage plays or similar entertainments and amusements or ever sanctioned or encouraged addiction to them. Now, the only thing I think that wouldn't work today is saying stage plays, right? But if you replace that with Netflix, if you replace that with YouTube channels, if you replace that with TikTok, or you replace that with video games, and you ask yourself the question, yeah, and you ask yourself the question, did Jesus Christ and his apostles, do you imagine them sitting around playing Super Mario at night? Or do you imagine um, them hanging around making TikToks together? And if not, do you, and even if they did, do you think they would encourage or sanction, you know, addiction to them where you're spending a a massive amount of time to them? I mean, that's a tough question. I actually asked that question one time on Twitter. I said, you know, do you think Jesus would have used Twitter? And I could kind of put a yes or no poll and it was very divided. People could not decide whether or not they could figure out whether they thought Jesus would use Twitter or not. I think overall the poll said no, but it was, it was like a 60, 40 divide. So it was not clear cut one way or the other. Yeah, the other thing about this is I think it's really interesting to see his harsh language that he uses against these things. Like like in that uh in that first bullet point, you know, does it uh, imagine a church sanctioning or encouraging addiction to entertainment like this? You know, whether and, and again, I my brain goes to against sports games because th- that's a very common thing to talk about in churches. And I don't know, Troy and I probably not the the most uh 
applicable to talk to this stuff because we were never big sports guys in Bible college. We were <laughs> we, we no, were the we were nerdy not. ones that, that no one could uh, talk sports with about because we didn't know anything about sports. But um, it's yeah, pretty common. They asked us, have, like, how, did you see LePage hit that home yeah. run? And I'm like, who did the what? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what, what sport are we talking about? Um, <laughs> it's pretty tennis? common to have... <laughs> pretty common to have pastors from the pulpit you know promote their sports teams or, or what games are going and i'm not saying there's anything you know inherently wrong about that but when you see him taking such an aggressive uh stance against you know you're encouraging addiction to these entertainments uh that you know it it i can see where he's coming from as well here the next bullet point he gives here does your conscience tell you when your delight is more in your amusement than it is in God. Such recreations, those we love more than God, in no way increase our delight in God, but take away from it. So he's saying, you know, the, these things that we spend a lot of time doing, uh, are, are they in any way increasing our delight in God or or are they taking away from it? Another uh, question he has here. Actually, yeah, I was going to stop on that one for a second because I've heard a lot of people talk about how do you spend your free time and what do you enjoy? And I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, look, if you enjoy this thing that much, you need to get it up, give it up because it's distracting you from enjoying mm-hmm. God. It makes a lot of sense. Like if I'm playing five hours of video games a night right. and I, I love video games, I'm a big video game guy. And someone goes, hey, but that's clearly a sign that you love it more than God. You need to give it up because of that. Mm-hmm. And I, it makes so much sense. But I personally have not heard anybody put it in those terms of like you're you're the the fact that you love it so much the fact that it has such a hold on your life is exactly the reason you kind of need to give it up mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think he reiterates this in in question number three here do you bestow as much time in prayer and reading the word of god and meditating on it as you do in your sports and recreations do you not know the value of those precious hours which you play away that man, Ooh. that's that's a mic drop line right there. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh. Do you not know the precious hours which you the value of those precious hours that you play away? Uh, that could be a book title or something. Yeah. I feel like that is a that is a statement that needs to be heard far and wide, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know. It, it again, it it definitely helps you maybe uh, reprioritize how you time out, how you plan out your free time. You know, I feel like my default is like, okay, if I you know I have a Saturday free. I'll spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes having a Devo and the rest of it, I can do whatever, do whatever I want. You know, I'll, I'll exercise, I'll yeah. play some video games, I'll, you know, I'll watch some, uh, some shows online or, or whatever it may be. Um, and it, he's just challenging you to, again, maybe reconsider the priority list or, or again, just more mindfully budget out what you can do with that time and maybe think of ways that you could be, use that time that, increases your delight in God more than more than uh more than not doing that more than taking that away for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, 
I like this next question. Would you want to be found at stage plays or vain amusements when death comes? Would you not rather be found at something holy or profitable, right? And I had, there's a story, I don't remember who it was, but Elise had this person who they kind of knew they were going to die. It was in Mars Missionaries early episode. And this person like spent their last day on earth just praying the entire way through the day and said it was like some of their best communion with God. And they wrote it in their journal and they were like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die tomorrow. And they did. Another example is George Whitfield was found dead, like, you know, in his prayer closet or he was in his prayer closet for like eight, six hours. And then he came out and chatted with people and was like, yeah, I'm pretty much going to die. And then like within half an hour, he died. David Livingston was found dead, you know, kneeling at his bed. And we look at those stories. And we hear those people who did that. And we go, wow, that's incredible. It's not that. It's not that you're like not saved if you're found at the movie theater, you know, or leaned over um, your video game console. But doesn't it sound a lot less cool if that's where they found <laughs> you? You know, uh, oh, he died doing what he loved yeah. in the middle of like a nine-hour. No one's going to tell that story to, exactly. to your descendants, yeah. And and so it's it, there is something, and the idea is okay. Well, I'm not going to die. I'm pretty young or something, maybe. But the idea is, if this isn't what you'd want to be found doing as you're dying, is it what you want to be doing? while you're living Mm -hmm. and it's just again another one of those questions where you hear that you think about death for a minute and you go man watching this youtube video of whatever this is for 30 minutes sounds less exciting when i think about what if i passed away and this is what they found me doing is that you know you can obviously take that to an extreme but i thought it was a good question yeah and he reiterates that uh in this next question he's asked uh Will it be any comfort to you when you are dying to think about the time in which you spent in plays and vanities, uh, in plays meaning like, you know, like stage plays. So, I mean, again, we would replace that with TV shows. Essentially, you know, if you're on your deathbed, you're probably not going to be (laughs) thinking about that show that you were excited to watch or, you know, like you're, you're going to be thinking about what, you know, regretting or, or wishing you did, or, or maybe proud of different parts of your life. But these he calls them vanities here, things, time sinks, things yeah. that we sink our time into that have no eternal value. Um, those are things that are not going to register in in the scale of eternity. Uh, and so, uh, again, he's he's asking you to think of yeah. that, that aspect of life. Well, you use yourself as an example. I'll use myself here. Like, you know, I don't think on my deathbed I'm going to be, you know, as I'm laying dying, thinking of coming to the Lord, I'm going to be thinking, man, I should have tweeted a few more times. Mm-hmm. I should have, you know, watched a few more YouTube shorts or, you know, something like that. Like, that's not, I don't think anybody's going to be a quick, you know, son and daughter. I, I see the golden gates. Fetch me my phone. There's a few more shorts I could have put. And that's not going to happen, right? We're going to get to those pearly gates and we're going to be with our family. And I think as, and this is not new. We're, you know, we're not saying anything we haven't heard before. But Richard Baxter is just reiterating that in those final moments, you're going to think, man, I wasted so much time. I wish I'd spent it pouring into you, my children, you, my spouse, you, the people around me that I love. And I, I, I regret having spent so much of my time playing away. Dare you pray to God to bless your sports and amusements to the good of your soul or body? Wouldn't your conscience tell you that this would mock God? I don't know fully what he means by this. I've heard people pray for their sports team to win the game or something like that. I'm not I think sure. that's what he's meaning. That, that I mean, was my sound like Does sound like Baxter is saying, are you mocking God with this? Like, come on, God does not care that much about your games and those things that you're playing with. And some of you might be hearing this and going, it sounds to me like Baxter is a real killjoy. Baxter was a pretty cool guy. He lived an amazing life and has a lot of great things to write. I really enjoy, um, if you've never read the Everlasting, uh, the Saints Rest and Everlasting, I think it is. It's a really good book. He is a pretty intense guy. He's like one of those guys like Jonathan Edwards, where he lived his life really intensely on fire for God. But but I do have to point out, isn't that the goal? Like as Christians, 
I want to live an intense life. I want to live a life that leads an impact that people 400 years later can look at me and read my work and go, man, this guy really was on fire for God. And when I read Richard Baxter, that's what I see. And so, yeah, it is a little intense, but he, he would tell you, man, praying for God, for your team to win, that's that's a mockery, which is interesting because 400 years later, we're still doing that. Yeah, yeah. And again, we don't think of it in that way. You know, there's, again, lots of people that, again, I've heard pastors from the pulpit, you know, jokingly pray about their sports team for that day. Yeah. It's it's not the way we think about things in today's day and age. He has a, a whole nother section on here where he offers counsel for choosing how to spend your time, right? So he's got like seven points that he makes uh, instructions, you know, like uh, as a as a as a follow up. And he says, try normally to join profit and pleasure together, that you lose no time. It is a sin to idle away any time in which can be turned into a better count. So uh, he's essentially saying, you know, if you ha- if 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 you're going to be doing something that is going to waste time and have no benefit, try to think of a way that you could add some benefit to it. You know, like. Uh, I don't know. The way I think of that is like, w- if you could play a game by yourself, or maybe include some people and in- play games with, you know, some other people as well. You can you can socialize. I don't know. It, the application for that could be endless. But he's just challenging you to try to say, hey, if there is no eternal value to what you're doing, is there a way you can incorporate something that makes it yeah. have a little bit more value than than what it does without it? I know a lot of coaches who try to bring, you know, make using their time in sports because they spend many hours with kids and or the team and they use that to disciple and to try to bring the Bible. And I think those people can sometimes be very effective in other ways that other groups of people struggle to be as effective because they have so much one on one time uh, with people. So that's not to say that, you know, that you can't use these things per se. He's just saying if you're going to make sure that is your intention. Um, another one of his, you know, helpful counsels was avoid the companies of revelers, lovers of pleasure, and similar time wasters. Come not among them, lest you be ensnared. Usually amusements rate as foolishness to serious people, and they say of this happiness as Solomon, it is madness. It is great in serious subjects, which make serious men. This one is, I think, actually a really good piece of advice. If you're a person who's you know addicted to video games, addicted to TV, or find that you're always talking about it, Take serious stock of the people around you. And is it the reason, part of the reason you do that is because everyone around you is talking about those things and they're always doing it too. And you might realize, you know, I, I'm having a hard time breaking this problem because I'm genuinely surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. Another example is I spend a lot of time on social media um, for, you know, uh, uh, putting out the podcasts and stuff like that. And because of that, I started following a lot of Christian pages and a lot of different Christian groups and a lot of, you know, all these different groups. And I found that my time on social media became actually much more edifying when I started following things that were Christ honoring. It sounds so simple. And yet I had spent, you know, a decade on social media and had never thought to just follow a bunch of Christian pages and a bunch of Christian theologians and a bunch of those things. And now, even when I'm getting on Twitter or getting on Facebook or somewhere like that, I'm still seeing discussions about Jesus Christ. And I'm still Mm-hmm. seeing memes and jokes that relate to God. And so even that time where I may be looking at my phone too much, it's it's not that it's okay because it's God honoring, but at least it's not just trash, right? At least it's stuff, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about higher things and I think that makes it a little bit better. So there are ways that you can yeah. take those time wasters and you sometimes have to look at it and go, man, this, you know, the part of the reason I'm having trouble breaking this problem is because my feed or my friends are all a part of the same thing and I need to get some new Christian friends to get around or I need to get... Uh, better feed following some more Christian mm-hmm. things. 
Um, you might be looking at your life and going, I part of the reason I'm having trouble with this addiction is because I need to get with some people at the church and find out what they're doing on the Sundays yeah. and Saturdays and you're, spend more time with them. You're a product of your environment. You know, you're a product of, of what's around you and what's around you. So uh, if that's what needs to be addressed, then that's what needs to be addressed. I have a story actually on this. There was a guy at uh, who he was a former student at the school I'm at, and he was a big video gamer, huge, he said. And he said that when he went to college, he purposely went out of his way not to make friends with anybody who played video games. He told all his friends on the Discord, you know, log me off, don't let me in anymore, don't invite me to games anymore, I need to break this addiction. And he said when he got to college, he didn't, if he met somebody, he said, oh, you seem really cool, but I see that you're a big video gamer. I know you'll lead me down that path, so I need to get away from that. And he said he's no longer even closely, you know, remotely a video game addict really? anymore. Wow. Um, but he said it was just that it had to, he had to cut off the sources of it uh, where it was all around them because it was so much. It was so much for him the community of all the people that were in, in on it together. And it was so easy to say, "Oh, I'm going to read a book tonight," and then you get that invite to the game, and he just found himself mm-hmm. he couldn't stop himself. Once he cut himself out, he said it it, it was no longer a temptation. That's uh, that yeah, that's extreme. Uh, is next one here. Be zealous and apply yourself to the, to your calling and spiritual service. Laziness breeds a love of, of, mu- of amusement. When you must please your flesh with ease, then it must be further pleased with vanities. Which a th- like those are fighting words. <laughs> like that would that's that's just straight up insults. That like, I feel like that's how a bar fight would start if he uh, if he yeah. was insulting you and he says, "Hey, uh, laziness breeds a love for amusement. That's why you're here is because you're lazy." And so uh, again, so that the first part of that line was be zealous and apply yourself for the calling of spiritual service. He's he's just enc- he's encouraging you to be proactive. Like, hey, like yeah. you're put on this earth to do something. Use that time to do something. If you're just being lazy, that is going to breed a love for amuse- amusement, an addiction to seek out amusement. And uh, when you must please your flesh with ease, with with yeah. uh, with relaxation, that's uh, gonna only further cyclically invite more vanities into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say in my own life, this was true. I used to be a huge TV show. I mean, I'd watch tons of shows every night. It was very normal for me, especially in college, um, to just watch a lot of shows. And I was very plugged into TV and stuff. And it took years of just kind of not wanting to and working at it. But whenever I had like a stressful day, a long day at work or tired or whatever, I would just, oh, I'm too tired. I just need to watch a show. I just, I want to do this thing. Like it just became this thing. And over the years of filtering out, I don't now uh, my wife and I, we hardly ever watch shows. And I find that I don't crave that show, you know, at night anymore. I have a long day and I don't, my immediate feeling isn't, oh, I need to pull up something to watch and turn my time off. I do think a lot of people don't want to admit it. And I think it it hurts us to admit it, but it was true in my life that I was, there was some of that where just having that thing that I turned my brain off, having that thing that I amused myself with made me lazy, made me not want to work hard, made me not want to, and whenever I had a hard time, I needed that crutch. I needed to go back to it to kind of get that back in my life. Maybe you heard that and you're going, hey, that's not me. But I, I think some of us, it is true. This is something that it, it's the fact that we, if we were working harder, we just wouldn't have time for these addictions and things. If you were actually getting out there and ministering to your neighbors, sharing the gospel like the Lord uh, has called us to, you know, you're fully involved in your church. You're reading some good books and you're doing the many, many things that help grow you in your walk with God and, and spending deep time in prayer. You might not have as much time for those shows, those YouTube channels and those things that it's so desperately call out to us i think and and likewise if you have time for all of those pleasures you are probably not making as much time for the spiritual things that god has called us to it hurts to hear it 
but I think it's just true for many of us mm-hmm. that I, I I know it was true for me. I hear people ask I don't know if you ever get asked this, Joel, you're a videographer, so I imagine it does come up sometimes, but people will say, you know, how do you find time to work these full-time jobs and also do this podcast and also do this and this, you know, where do you find the time? And I go, I, I don't know. But I do know that for me, I used to have a lot less time when I was watching a lot of TV or when I was spending a lot of time just staring at my phone and pulling those things out of my life and turning those times into more productive times have been a lot of helpfulness in that area. Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's a good overview. I think that's that's going to do it. Again, if it sparked your interest, uh, check out the link in the description to the uh, fascinating headline article, Directions for Amusement and Recreation <laughs> by Richard Baxter, published in 1673. Um, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to, again, just kind of uh, apply it to your own life, kind of kind of do a on-the-fly updating, revision, you know, modernization of what he's saying there. Because if you read it literally verbatim, it sounds silly, but if you try to figure out how it applies to your life, um, I think he makes some very interesting points, and and uh, yeah, I, I was convicted by it. Yeah, I, I'd be curious if you're listening. Feel free to write in or leave a comment or send us a message somewhere. Tell us, you know, how how well do you pass his test? You know, and you can tell us, hey, I don't think his test, whatever, he's four hundred years ago was. You know, I, I I can't imagine you listen to this show. If that's your opinion, but uh, but I'd be curious how well you pass. I'll say this: I don't think I passed his test. Like I think there are definitely areas where I failed in these questions or in what he thought was lawful or unlawful. I'm curious if you're listening. You know, go through the 16 things he says is lawful for you. Would you pass that test, or is there some areas you need to go? You know, people are always looking for ways to kind of check themselves and do an insight check or you know do an introspection. Um, I think directions for amusements and recreation. Uh, with a name like that you got to make that your new introspection list because you might find there's some areas where you've been um, you've been slacking and i think baxter can call you on them all righty until uh next episode thank you so much for tuning in to a revived conversation yeah this has uh been a great one feel free to send this to a slacker in your life no okay feel free to share <laughs> this episode though if you thought it was interesting uh this is troy and joel this is revived thoughts <laughs>